the Buddha taught us to contemplate frequently about uh, sickness and illness. And uh, that whenever something arises, then that thing is of the nature to cease as well. And this is a law of nature. So the reason that we practice is to have wisdom and to know in this way, to know these laws of nature. That when we are born already, um, and everything uh, arises, we try to, to get all the things that we want. And uh, no one wants to be separated from those things, from the things we like, from the things we find pleasant. Because when we're separated from them, then we suffer. When we have a body, then we want to stay in that body. We don't want for it to get ill. This is how our wishes go. But when we don't get what we want, then we suffer. So we need to um, contemplate this and do this frequently, that old age is normal for us. Sickness is normal for us. Death is normal for us. Being separated from the things that we like and love, this is normal for us. And uh, these things, they do come up. These things are natural for us to experience. So the Buddha taught that we should contemplate into this, that this is the duty for the monks to do, to do this every day. That we have old age, sickness and death, separation, as things that are normal for us. And um, sometimes people get an illness which is unlikely to be dangerous. We don't think that it's um, a very severe illness, but things are also not sure, and we don't know what people's karma is. It's like how sometimes um, someone gets surgery uh, to remove their appendix, and uh, the doctor just has a slight slip of the knife and ends up by cutting a vein, and the blood just carries on flowing out of that without stopping. And in the end, then that's the end of their life. And it really doesn't take very much um, sometimes and because the karma is there for this to happen. And so these things, they're not sure. Sometimes illnesses that are, are quite light illnesses, um, they can lead to death. So we do need to contemplate, and we need to build merit and spread this to our karmic debtors, those beings that we have harmed in the past, because we've been born in many, many lives, and uh, we don't know exactly what we've done, but we have built up a lot of karma, and sometimes it's good karma, sometimes it's bad karma. And in the lives when the mind has been afflicted by delusion, then we have done a lot of bad things. If there's intelligence in the mind, then we build up a lot of goodness. And so the things that uh, we do, these actions, they follow us. So the Buddha taught uh, that we should abandon unskillful deeds, harmful acts, to bring up skillfulness and to make the mind bright and pure. And uh, this mind is something that's very important. It's the leader, it's the most 
excellent of things. And any sadness or happiness that we, we experience that comes into our minds and we experience it there. You see that our bodies, they don't desire very much. All they wish for really is just to exist, just to stay alive. So they just want enough food to be able to survive, enough clothing, enough shelter, and medicines to stay on. And when they get sick, then just enough medicine to cure that illness is enough. But any desires on top of that, these come from the mind, and the mind that has kilesa. And these kilesas is what pushes the mind into suffering. Just like how when we're born and we are children, then we have other people who are managing us, who have control over us. And uh, we think that if we get free from that, then we'll be happy. But then when we grow up and we start managing other people, then it's even heavier than before. And why is that? It's because we actually have these defilements in our hearts, managing our lives. And this has happened for a very long time now, for countless lives. And there's this ignorance, craving, and clinging. And these are our owners. They own us. And they make us suffer for many, many lives, push us into many births. And so the Buddha discovered the truth, and he saw into suffering and asked what kind of qualities this suffering has. So he discovered this, and there were many disciples who gathered around him in India. It's like Venerable uh, Sariputta. He went around asking the questions to many of the sages in India at that time, asking how to be freed from suffering. But he wasn't yet able to meet with that path even though his Bairami was full already. But eventually he met with Venerable Asaji, who uh, taught the Dhamma to Sariputta, and he was able to gain the eye of Dhamma, and Venerable Mahamogalana did so as well. So this eye of Dhamma, it's not the external eye, the eye of the flesh. Um, for us to see the sights in this world, um, all we need is just an eye which is functioning, it's not disabled, and then light and a form, when these three needs to come together for the feeling of sight to arise. Uh, but when we see and we have mindfulness and wisdom, then there'll be one kind of experience. But if we see with delusion, then we'll feel love or hate towards what we see. And uh, so this is the suffering that we experience in the world, being deluded. But those who are blind experience even more suffering than this. So what should we do and how do we uh, get out of this situation? Well, this external eye is not able to give us wisdom. And the eye of Dhamma, what that means is seeing into the truth. So just like now, how we're sitting here, Sitting in meditation, what we're sitting with is materiality and mentality, these phenomena of uh, these physical phenomena, mental phenomena. So we have this body that's sitting here that we attach to as being me and mine. And that's because our mindfulness and our wisdom are weak. So we go and cling on to it. 
But when we come to develop samadhi, then our mindfulness and wisdom grows and our hearts get more radiant. And we're able to see into the nature of conditioned phenomena, how they arise and cease. See how these things are dangerous, they have their drawbacks, how they lead on to death. And how death is approaching with each and every in-breath and out-breath. So all external conditioned phenomena have this quality of arising and ceasing to them. And we can't find anything that's a sure thing, that's reliable, that's constant. When wisdom comes up, then we see in this light. This is the eye of Dhamma coming up, and we see this within our own hearts. And we gain this clear knowledge into physicality and mentality, into all the things in the world. Or we could say, as they do in this present day and age, all the things in the solar system. How these all arise, they stay for a bit, and they cease. And they're always this way, that there's nothing which is sure, there's nothing which is stable. Because um, everything in the solar system is like this, that this is a system of inconstancy, a system of stress, a system of not-self. And when we're born into the world, then this world is a system of its own. It spins on its own axis, and it also turns around the sun as well. And so there's always this movement that's always changing, it's always inconstant, gives rise to day and night, to heat and coolness. So it's a system of change, and that everything about it is always moving, is always changing. And so, so we see, like, the sun rises and the sun sets. And so everything which comes into the solar system, which is born here, is just arising and ceasing, arising and ceasing. And we can't find any being, any self, any other here. But when the mind has ignorance, then it will attach to these things. And it has this energy of attachment within it, which forces us to cling, to hold on, which pushes us into becoming and birth. And whenever we have attachment, or whatever we have attachment to, there will be becoming and birth right there. And right there is where suffering arises. We have these causes This then produces the causes for us to experience even more suffering, for us to experience even more feeling and craving and clinging. And the cycle of samsara spins and spins in this way. So how do we get freed from this? Well, we need to practice the Dhamma. We need to have morality. We need to develop samadhi. We need to develop wisdom. To contemplate, to gain an understanding of the truth of all physicality and mentality. See how these things are all changing, they're all uh, stressful, they're all not-self. And through doing this, the mind gains freedom. It's able to extract all the attachments that's there within our hearts. And however much attachment we can pull out of our hearts, the, bright, the mind will be bright and radiant to that degree. So we must depend upon mindfulness and upon samadhi, recollecting and having mindfulness over this body. Because the body is something that we're able to see more clearly than other things. 
Vedana feelings, for instance, we can contemplate these and stay with these in some occasions. But when mindfulness and samadhi are weak, then we must come back to the body. Nupucha taught that when the mind is peaceful, then contemplate and reflect upon this body. And the body is something which is always changing, and something which it's normal for illnesses to arise within it. And we see when sickness comes up, then this is the truth manifesting. It's trying to tell us that, hey, this thing, it's not sure. This thing does need to get sick. So the bodies of monks, the bodies of lay people, they're inconstant in this way. Both of them are physicality, their form. Like when the weather changes, then illnesses arise. Or maybe illnesses just arise within the body itself, that these cells start to decay and degenerate. So we see that when we have bones, then there are illnesses of bones. When we have eyes, then there are afflictions of the eyes. When we have hearts and lungs, then there are afflictions of hearts and lungs. And uh, there are just a very few people who don't have any kind of affliction whatsoever, who don't have any kind of illness. And mostly we have at least one or two kinds of illnesses. And the body just carries on deteriorating in line with time. So we must contemplate to see that we have illness as something that's normal for us. And then when we reach our time, then the body just needs to pass away and die. And so do we see that these forest monks, these great monks, they're steadily passing away, passing away. Each year, one or two of them goes. And like this year, Lumpo Sopong, who had a lot of kindness for us. He would come whenever there was any event here. Every year he would come to the Katina, or when we had the celebration of the Abosuta Hall, he came to join in that as well. But it reached his time for him to pass, and that his body was not constant, something that had arisen, stayed for a bit, and also passed away. And so illnesses do come up, sometimes very severe illnesses like cancer, things that we're not able to cure, things which can destroy the body. And it's just natural, it's normal for the body to go in this way. Because there is no one who has been born who hasn't or doesn't die. Even the Buddha had to pass away. And uh, before his passing, he uh, passed blood in his stool and he had a, an illness of his intestines. Uh, but even so, his skin was very bright and radiant. But for the Buddha, when he passed into final Nibbana, that was his last life. But for us, uh, we are born, and if we don't practice, then we're not able to extract the attachments from our hearts, so we need to get born again and then die again, and then get born again, and then die again. And it just flows around like this in the cycle. When we're born, then we want to stay on. Just like how when we build a house, we want to stay in that house all the time. 
You want to stay in it, but it's something that's temporary, it's something that doesn't last. So when it falls apart, then we try to build another one again. But that house is temporary, so we build another one again. So what can we do to free ourselves from the cycle of birth and death? We need to practice the Dhamma. Initially what this means is being generous, sacrificing to give up our selfishness first. And so for laity, um, when they see a monk who is ill, then they have this kindness to offer uh, the funds to look after that monk. And uh, what kind of benefits does this give? Well, the Buddha said that caring for a sick monk is like caring for the Tathagata, caring for the Buddha himself, because all these monks, they are children of the Buddha. And they've taken the Buddha as their refuge, and they've set their hearts on practicing to free themselves from suffering. So when we support them, and uh, we give up, in order uh, to help these monks, it brings us great amounts of benefit. And then we can also contemplate as well that these monks, even some of them, are very well practiced, but they still get sick all the same. Uh, so for us, we must get sick like them as well, that we're not freed from illness. We see this and then we bring it back within ourselves as well. And in the end, we need to die like this as well. Both the Buddha and his great disciples, they all passed away. And so for us, we're not yet freed from the cycle of birth and death. And so we need to pass away too. So we shouldn't allow our age to make us negligent. We shouldn't feel like our bodies are strong and healthy and allow for this to become a source of heedlessness because these things are not sure. Just like when we travel, we need to be very cautious when we travel because our life is not sure, but death is sure. The death is the culmination of our lives. So we see that death is something that is natural and normal for us. And so having been born into this world, what we must do is uh, build up a lot of goodness. Because the, the goodness that we create is what we take beyond this world both the goodness and also the harmful deeds that we do as well, these follow us. So we need to abandon these harmful deeds. We need to build up a lot of goodness and make the mind very bright and pure through developing kindness, compassion, uh, sympathetic joy and equanimity. We need to have morality, virtue and be well established in Dhamma and then try to contemplate See that one day we need to be separated from this world. We need to be separated from the solar system. And because um, separation is something that is normal for us. And this has to, we have to meet with this one day. And so for most people, they're born into this world and then they go about trying to gain things, trying to make a lot of money, trying to find things in this world. But even though they find all of those things, they change, and they have to throw them away in this world and leave them behind. So what benefit does that actually give us? It's just a lot of suffering. It's a lot of difficulty, a lot of stress. And then we attach to all those things, and that becomes even more stress. 
And this just happens over and over and over again. So what did the Buddha um, recommend for us to do? We should build up a lot of goodness. We should build up skillfulness. And the skillfulness, um, kusala, we can also say it's intelligent. It's a dhamma, a phenomena that is white and pure, or a quality that is white. So akusala, unskillfulness, or unintelligence, um, is something that is black. So this is greed, hatred, and delusion. These are black qualities. So the white qualities, these are the good things, the things that we should uh, develop. And they in turn make our hearts white and pure, bright. Just like how if we have a dirty cloth and we wash that, then it turns bright, the colors go very bright. And so when we look after our precepts, then this makes our hearts even brighter and whiter, more pure. When we keep uh, or maintain, develop samadhi, then this makes the heart even more pure. And when we have wisdom, seeing into the nature of arising and ceasing, then the heart steadily becomes more and more pure. And so when the skillfulness, intelligence, becomes complete, then we just go between the heaven realms and the human realm. And the mind doesn't go very far. Uh, But before that point, it can go uh, a long way away. That maybe we may be a human, but then the mind falls, and it can fall very low, go down into the realms of the hungry ghosts, of the jealous titans, of the hell beings. And really this all happens here in the present moment. Hell, heaven, and the human realm, it arises in the mind here in the present moment. And so we should look at the present moment right here, have mindfulness knowing this present moment, knowing what is happening in the heart, say that the heart is a human, that we know that. And also knowing where the mind uh, leans towards, uh, which ways it tends to go towards. So maybe it leans predominantly towards love, or leans over towards hatred. And so we need to engage in this practice, which brings the mind back into the center, so that it's not leaning off to one side. And keep the heart, so that it's developing mindfulness, and it's developing samadhi, it's cultivating itself. So for us, we have faith in the teachings of the Buddha, So we should really look into those teachings, study them well, research them, and then put them into practice. And so we should look and study in our own minds and ask ourselves, well, what are our minds like? Do they always have defilements in them? Is there a constant stream of ignorance there in the heart? Well, there's not. But this ignorance, it comes up when the eye sees a form, or when the ear hears a sound, or when there's an... Uh, odor which uh, contacts the nose or the tongue tastes a flavor or the body contacts a tactile sensation or a feeling or emotion uh, arises in the heart and delusion comes up and this pushes the mind into liking and disliking into happiness and suffering and even though there may be happiness there's no peace that comes up So in order to get this peace, what we need is the noble path, this path of sila, samadhi, and panya, um, that which 
the mind walks and which will take us towards this peace. So knowing all these sense impressions as they arise, knowing that all people um, must get old, must grow sick, must die. And so may all of you contemplate in this way and do this very frequently to not be heedless, to not think that you're not going to die. And for those people who are heedful, um, they are living, they don't die. But those who are heedless, they are dead already. And the world is full of these heedless dead people, those who are distracted and find delight, amusement in the things of this world. And it's like there's a fire which has come up, which is burning, but we don't know that it's burning. And old age sickness and death is steadily closing in on us. And we're born, but we don't see this. We hear news of people who are sick, that this person's sick, that person has cancer, that person's died. And one day, people are going to hear news of us, that that person, he got sick, that he had cancer, that he died, that he's left this world, that that monk, he's dead already. And they'll hear, they'll hear these things about us. And it's just natural that this is what's going to happen. And I contemplated uh, like this when I was staying at uh, Wat Nombapong, uh, that um, the monks there, with each passing year, we got more, more senior, one more rains retreat. And so the monks would shift up in the line, uh, become a bit more senior. And uh, then the monk first in the line, he would pass away. So Lumpucha, um, eventually he passed away. And another monk comes and takes his place and sits at the first uh, the line. And so we say the first monk, the second monk, the third monk, these are the most senior monks, but they're senior in old age, sickness, and death. Like when we say that we follow the senior monks, that um, we follow what they do, um, what we're doing is we're following them into old age, sickness, and death. So when we contemplate, we can see the Dhamma in all things like this. So may you take these teachings of the Buddha and contemplate them.